Episode 29. This episode is brought to you by ReelsandTackle.com, your family-owned online tackle store. Welcome to the Telltale Fisherman Podcast, where avid anglers share the story of their best fishing day ever to inspire yours. Now it's time for another epic adventure. So here's your host, John Woodson. Okay, welcome to the show. Today's guest is Mark Namovitz, and he is the owner of ReelsandTackle.com, an online tackle store. Mark, welcome. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it a lot, John. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And um, I uh, understand we're going to be talking about kayak angling today, and I'm pretty excited about that. I love fishing out of my kayak as well. But uh, before we jump off into that, let's just learn a bit, a little bit about you first, you know, how you grew up and started fishing and, and you know, got into fishing and all that good stuff. Yeah, sure. Fishing hasn't always been my passion. Uh, man, I, I grew up in Maine and um, started from my dad. You know, he was an outdoorsman, hunter, fisher, and uh, fisherman. And um, basically it was from what he did and, and me following him along out on the water you know i love love just being out on the water and whatnot and uh, but i was kind of like at such a young age i don't know i was more there just to to be with that and to have fun out on the water and just enjoy it uh rather than learning the techniques the details the ins and outs and whatnot so um i started kayak fishing in maine with him and uh Saco, maine uh fish for stripers drifting down the estuaries saltwater estuaries oh. uh and uh little sit-in kayak and you know the uh, current would take you so far you know it's a it's a six to twelve foot swing in, in six hours so it's a lot of a lot of water coming in and out oh yeah and uh you know so when you get a fish on top of that it's like wow okay <laughs> where am i going to end up at you know you don't yeah. even know so a, a big striper especially. intimidating at a young age yeah, yeah yeah exactly so a little intimidating at a young age i remember uh asking dad dad what if i get a good one on what do i do and basically just just hold on, you know, <laughs> right. try to wear them out and, um, you know, try to get into shore and, and, uh, lodge, lodge your kayak into the mud. So, you don't continue to go down, downstream. Cause you, you know, eventually you have to paddle that back unless you wait out the tide. So, oh yeah. But anyway, um, that's kind of where it all started. And then, uh, you know, grew up and, and fished here and there, but not like a passion, uh, moved to Florida after I got done with college and, um, man, it was, I found this rusty old lure, uh, checking out some ponds around here, you know, just getting into fishing a little bit. Mm -hmm. And, uh, this is a freshwater little swim bait, rusted hook out, rusted hook and, uh, wasn't sharp really, but man, I jumped, uh, probably a low 30 to mid, mid 30 inch snook on that, jumped it. And I was like, (laughs) dang, that was, that was pretty sweet. You know, like, wow, I'm this stupid little bait that I'd found. And that same bait, I was throwing uh, Jensen Beach. Uh, I was throwing um, around the Mosquito Bridge. It's a popular spot. Mm-hmm. One night while I was fishing, and uh, I think it was the third throw or something, and I'm just reeling it. All of a sudden, I get this this hit. I'm like, what the heck? And I set the hook, and immediately, like, this four- to five-foot tarpon jumped out of the water. Oh, wow. And, you know, and I'm like, what the heck is that? <laughs> and, uh, you know, not knowing the Florida waters, I'm like, 
dang, stuff like that is in here. And the next day, I, I uh, drove down to Ganner Mountain. I'm like, I need a tarpon set up. And, <laughs> right. and uh, the, so from the childhood growing up around it, you know, that being instilled in me mm-hmm. and jumping that tarpon, that's what just ignited uh, fishing for me down here in Florida and just in general. So, yeah, since that day, it's been uh, it's been a passion. Yeah, tarpon can ignite a passion uh, in, in a lot of folks. And, and a lot yeah. of fr- they can they can cause a lot of frustration too. They sure can. Needless <laughs> to say, it took two years. I think two years after that, till uh, when I first finally landed, you know, my first tarpon. So, oh wow! Uh, the whole the whole concept of uh, my buddy Carl saying you got to bow to the king, and I'm like, what? He's like, right. yeah, that's what you got to do. You bow to the king, and I'm like, so you you call this huge silverfish a king? Like <laughs> that's like that's like majestic, you know? And, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah. So I, I take it that uh, that that lure didn't survive that uh, tarpon explosion. Um, actually, I, wait. Let me walk out in the living room. I think I still have it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I, it's like that's what started it all. Yeah. And uh, I think, uh, yep, I still got it. It's right here. We may have to have you take a picture, take a picture of that. Of it, yeah. Send it to us, right? It's a blue bluegill bluegill pattern, like a little two and a half, three inch swim bait rusted hook and everything so yeah. wow so so tell us how you go from a uh, found lure that jumps you a tarpon to uh, owning your own uh, online tackle <laughs> business <laughs> yeah well uh growing up in uh, middle school and whatnot i got into baseball cards and basketball cards and and just as a fun little thing and i would i would put them in little binders and during class i would pass around the binder and see who wanted any and i would cut out little price uh stickers out of a piece of paper with like 10 cents written on it five cents written on it yeah and tuck it in the sheet and then uh my buddies would be like yeah i want this one this one this one and recess would come and i would make 30 cents and you know (laughs) it was just something fun to do and so uh we had a family business in maine and so kind of the entrepreneurial spirit's always been to me i have a business degree from maine so uh okay yeah i I figured man if i'm going to be spending this much on fishing gear why not start a store and hopefully get my lures for free you know with the profits <laughs> and then so that was back in 2012 i started and uh i started under the name mark sporting goods and then it it just grew and the, the word spread and i was like man this is going somewhere so then i changed the name to reels and tackle uh and then it's it's just done very well since since then um it's fun you know i could do it from anywhere i could work on my phone and I've shipped to Australia. I've shipped to China. Um, you know, a lot of places overseas. Uh, yeah. Just and it's crazy because I'm like, man, my little website reaches people over there. So, do do you have a storefront or is it all online? It's mostly online, but I, I get friends and friends tell friends and they're like, man, go see Mark. So, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I have a little pickup order system. You can order on the site and click pickup and and it's free. You just pick it up and it'll be ready at the door. So, um, all right. Yeah. It works that way too. Oh, that's awesome. So what, what was that like, uh, getting that all set up? It's a lot of work. (laughs) I, I, I did it kind of as a hobby, you know, you Mm -hmm. gotta, I've done graphic design for Florida sportsman and and this and that. And so just, I guess along the way, uh, learn to, to do graphics, learn to do this and learn to do that. And it, it took about, the initial website took about three months. And then mm-hmm. when I revamped the name and everything, I upgraded software and so I had to put everything back on the new site. So another three right. months. So it was more of, more of a hobby. Mm-hmm. And people say it looks professional and it's just, you know, I'm growing in uh, followers on Instagram and Facebook. And yeah. 
kind of still like a, a fun thing to do, you know, if, if, right. if you do something that's fun in life, you're going to enjoy doing it and, and it'll show, you know, so another goal to my site, I have a blog on there is to, you know, share things, knowledge, stories, mm-hmm. tournaments going on and have a weather page to show local weather cams, how the weather's doing on all the different beaches. So oh, right on. try to make yeah. it easy, easy for people that are just getting into fishing in general. I have a knots page on common knots yeah. and, that you can tie with videos you can so little tutorials so it's kind of trying to make it just to get people interested in the sport and uh have the resources available for them um because i've I've worked in bass pro and whatnot these people come in and we take it for granted what we know Mm -hmm. and then these people come in like how do you how do you tie braided line to a fluorocarbon and i'm like Mm -hmm. they don't even know what fluorocarbon is so then i gotta explain (laughs) you know that is so right um, right but it's great to to share that with people to share your passion. You know, it's just fun. I I, I add to it um, as often as I can, and uh, I just became a realtor about four days ago. So okay, I do the realty now full time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also an EMT firefighter. So you know, I've got a couple things going on. And, yeah, you're a busy uh, guy. Needless to say, I need to fish more. Well, when we get back, Mark is going to share an epic kayak fishing story with us. Stay tuned. Here's a tip for you about sunscreen. I noticed that many of my sun shirts that I use for fishing were getting nasty rust-colored stains on them around the hand and neck areas. Unfortunately, it would not wash out no matter what I tried, and we all know those pretty fishing shirts are not cheap. As it turns out, That staining is caused by an additive which is in many sunscreens, especially the spray-on kinds that I used to use often. Thankfully, there is a brand of sunscreen that is specially formulated without that additive, so now those pretty shirts stay picture-perfect. Check out our gear page at gear. We have a link to this sunscreen for you there. All right, we are back with Mark and Mark is an avid kayak angler, as we kind of alluded to earlier in the uh, interview here. And um, now, obviously, a saltwater kayak angler, right? Now that you live in yeah, Florida. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So tell us, tell us a little bit about your kayak fishing and then in particular uh, the epic day uh, that, that you had in mind to share with us. Yeah, so... And uh, so, as I mentioned before, uh, I started kayak fishing in Maine as a kid. And then uh, I think it was um, when I first started working retail, I met my buddy Danny. And he's like, uh, you know, I kayak fish down here. And I'm like, yeah, I used to back in the day. And he's like, you should go out sometime. And I think I borrowed a kayak for the first time and uh, went with him. And, you know, just trying to remember what I used to do in Maine. And because, and, you know, it's a whole different story when you catch a fish on land versus in a kayak or in a boat because you're almost at the mercy of the fish depending on the size and um you know but mm-hmm. then you learn to use the kayak to your advantage you know and there's other aspects of the kayak w- fishing world where you appreciate kind of nature more uh you appreciate the little things because you're not yeah. feeding from one place to the next and so you know you're yeah. kind of soaking it up it's so relaxing and uh so yeah, that's nice. So anyway, um, I primarily fish inshore, snook, redfish, trout, um, you know, the tarpon when they're willing to play. Mm-hmm. Anything else, I love exploring. So uh, I've done tournaments everywhere from Louisiana 
uh, down to the Everglades, Chukwuski to the Jacksonville oh, wow. and the Mud Bogs there. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I've been doing a little bit of everything. And uh, for inshore, I've done offshore a handful of times. My buddy Brian Nelly with Pushing Water Kayak Charters, um, gone out with him a bunch of times. And pretty much every time we've gone out, it's been an amazingly different experience every time from going out early in the morning, pitch black to like, what, what am I doing to the sun rising? And you're like, wow, this is, <laughs> this is amazing to, uh, the storms yeah. rolling up, uh, I have a video of me almost, I had, I was hooked up to a dolphin and, uh, the winds and current had picked up and I almost, uh, flipped my kayak, you know, four miles offshore, but you could tell I was like, woo, you know, getting on, but that's the, that's the excitement <laughs> part of it. And, uh, Another day we caught 17 blackfin tuna between the three kayaks. So, oh, my goodness. Well, that'll tell you around. They're a blast. And so that's actually what uh, I always hated sushi my whole life. And then biting into a fresh <laughs> blackfin tuna filet, you know, searing it up. Um, actually, right before this, I, I cooked some up, but um, there's nothing like it. So that's what uh, started my love of sushi, man. So, <laughs> so yeah. anyway, um, yeah, so you want to hear about the, the big day, I guess? Absolutely, yeah. All right. So so this day I went out with Brian, and uh, we had just wanted to get out and catch some dolphin. We, we took out some uh, mullet and trolled them and mm-hmm. uh, ended up catching, uh, I think, seven seven dolphin. And I think the wow. last one I caught, one I caught was uh, 20, about 20 pounds. So how far off do you go when you're in your kayak? That day we went, uh, I think, about four miles out. Wow. Okay. And so we we went into about 200 feet of water, and mm. uh, so we were. I think that was the day that I had a sailfish free, free swim under my kayak, and <laughs> we were out there fishing with all the yachts, and you know everybody thinks you're crazy, and we're like, of course, yeah. And this is this is living the dream because we're catching just as many fish as you, and we're in you know two thousand two thousand dollar little little plastic boats and you're in two million dollar uh, yacht so now <laughs> who's right. the one laughing you know so <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh you know so you enjoy it but anyway you know we're, we got in some good dolphin and uh the, this was that day the winds had kicked up kind of at the end and and uh this one dolphin he had crossed lines so i thought i had a double hookup i had one line out two lines out that i was trolling oh, and he yeah yeah crossed okay. lines and so both rods went down and i thought i had a double header on and meanwhile the same fish but it was a, bit, a nice one you know and uh mm-hmm. so i got him in and uh we're starting to head in inshore you know uh so again we're four miles out yeah so we're kind of the, the winds and the waves kicked up a little bit so you know we're trying to pay attention and not flip and get in shore safely and uh so anyway we're, we're cruising along and we're joking back and forth and i'm looking at brian i i, I kind of do a double take behind him i'm like no and I and I look and there there's a fin sticking out of the water like jaws, you know, <laughs> about two feet in the air. And I'm like, Brian, you got a you got a huge shark behind you. And he, you know, I joke around. We joke around a lot. He's like, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, no, dude, you got a huge shark behind you. And he finally turns out. He's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> he flips out and man, this this hammerhead shark followed him uh, for a good mile. And, uh, I was like, man, thank God he's, he's following him and not me. And so, uh, about a mile into him following him, for some reason, he started following me and, uh, followed me for about a mile. So uh, collectively about two miles, this thing followed us. And so in, in, in the midst of that, 
he would kind of come up to us. It was, it was almost like he was curious at first because we're, we're using Hobies and we've got the Mirage Drive under the kayak. And, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. we're thinking that would attract, you know, the shark visually. And then, you know, we've got seven dolphin in a fish bag. Maybe it's dripping blood or whatever. <laughs> so, um, so he would get right behind us. But like his hammer would literally behind right, would be a couple feet behind our rudder and he oh would trail goodness. us and then we would slow down to take a picture and he i guess he would like sense it and then he would peel away and do a big circle and then come mm-hmm. back and do the same thing he would just come right be- back behind us and follow us wow we'd we'd get close i take a picture and then boom he'd peel away again he probably did that well over the course of two miles he probably did that i don't know 10 15 times goodness so you know after two miles let's you know take some time to to paddle that we're like what it kind of got old after a while because we're like what is this thing doing you know is he does he want to eat us does he just want to follow us like what's he what's you know what's he gonna do and so um he started to get a little bit more aggressive uh when i slowed down he hit my kayak and you know jolted me around and so i got out my paddle Ooh. and he, he got so close a couple times that i was able to hit him with the paddle and you know like i you know give him a signal like dude get away from our kayak and, and he went away <laughs> for about um i don't know a good five minutes one time and they're like sweet he's gone and then lo and behold you see the fin coming back and he's behind us again so um Good yeah we pulled, we, we pulled out our gopros and stuck them underwater and and we uh got some good film underwater and uh about a mile before we got inshore just boom he was gone and um made it inshore and kissed the ground and and uh <laughs> <laughs> held up our catches and we're like man what a day no kidding was there ever a point during this uh, that, you know, your heart was just kind of skipping out oh, of your yeah. chest like, oh, my gosh? Well, yeah, in the beginning, you know, we're like trying to figure out what's this guy really want, you know? And mm-hmm. then when he got a little more aggressive, it's like, all right, we got to start yeah. defending ourselves. But see, we didn't want to focus on the shark so much because then the waves were kicking up in front of us. So more importantly, we had to focus on the waves to not, yeah. flip, you know, and uh, so it eventually became more of a nuisance because we were like, okay, this is, this is getting old. We just got to focus on, you know, keeping our bow straight in the waves and getting in shore uh, safely. So. Wow. Yeah. That, that would kind of be a bad time to flip, wouldn't it? With a, a giant yeah. hammerhead right behind your boat, bumping into it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All, all our gear and everything, you know, so. Oh yeah. Well, so did it ever cross your mind to maybe uh, throw out a bait for that shark and try and catch him while you uh, <laughs> coming in. No, we just wanted to to get our catch in safe and not safe, and you know, just to get in and and to to watch him, to learn about him a little bit, to enjoy him a little bit. Because yeah. like, how often does that happen? You know, and they really don't bother you. Um, right. right. We we had. I mean, it went to like the Weather Channel and everything, and they're blowing it up for media wise, like. Uh, mm-hmm. shark attacks kayakers and we're like what well, no he didn't you know and, <laughs> and you know he, he, he yeah. bumped a kayak and stuff but it's not like you know we saw his teeth and he's trying to take a chunk out of us we felt safe but we just were trying to play it smart and uh just get in shorter safe you know safe but cautious yeah yeah, yeah. man it it evolved well we got in shore and then brian was like man i think it was uh this was october it was in the fall mm-hmm. and um I think Brian wanted to save the the film for spring break, but we, uh, (laughs) you know, to to get that hype going. But anyway, right, right, right. With the local news. So Mm -hmm. I think it was uh, a couple of days later, 
we I had to drive back down to West Palm and the local news interviewed us on the beach mm-hmm. getting the story and um from there from the local news I guess ABC News caught on on wind of it and uh we we were called by Good Morning America I think it was like seven o'clock at night and they're like we we want to interview you like at midnight tonight and show it tomorrow morning <laughs> and we we're like what wow. <laughs> so, like, yeah that'd be awesome yeah so, uh, so they interviewed us, uh, and the, the the full interview and everything's on my website. Um, you can go check it out. But after that, it was it was crazy. Our phones were blowing up for Mike and Mike and <laughs> the Weather Channel, and uh, I have all the websites saved. Um, the California News, Sun Times, all this stuff. So yeah, oh, it, was, it was fun being a celebrity for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, how who who would have thought that a uh, what what was the shark like 13, 12, 13 yeah. feet something like that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, who who would have thought a uh, twelve or thirteen foot shark would have made you famous, huh? Yeah, I think uh, I think the original video that Brian put on YouTube, I think it's over half a million hits now, and and uh, uh, yeah, it was, it was a fun time. Man, that's awesome. So we're gonna, you know, in our show notes, when you know, when people uh, check that out, we're gonna have links there so that they can, of course, find this uh, epic footage. And I've I've peeked at it already, and I can uh, testify it definitely would have gotten my heart uh, skipping a beat <laughs> if he was yeah. following my kayak. Definitely. So yeah, I highly recommend uh, y'all check that out, and then also uh, check out the other awesome stuff that uh, Mark has on his uh, website there. Um, man, Mark, what an experience and, you know, how awesome was that, that, uh, you yeah. came and shared it with us today. I it's really appreciate fun. it. It's still man. fun to share it this day. <laughs> I'm sure I'll be doing it when I'm 80. <laughs> and it's probably something you will never, ever forget. I bet. No, absolutely not. No. But any, anybody that, that's, uh, hesitant about it, that it's just be, just be, just be safe. It, it, yeah. It's, it's, it's not a thing to worry about when you're out there at all uh you know you've you've got if you're going out for the first time go out with an experienced guide and and by that time you'll 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 learn some things go out with a group of friends but absolutely by any means don't don't let it scare you at all because it just adds to the experience of life so um start inshore you know learn how to use your kayak learn you know just just Go and learn. Uh, first time, if you want to go kayak fishing, just grab a life vest and, and go to South River Outfitters and Stewart and go see Ed and get, jump on a kayak and just have fun with it and then learn and then and then go offshore, you know, once you feel comfortable and want to catch some bigger pelagics and have some fun. So by no means, right. don't let my little story scare anybody, you know, <laughs> it's just, a, just a fun thing I experienced, so. Yep. No, that's that's awesome advice. And uh, and maybe just don't dangle your fish over the uh, edge of the boat, though. That's probably a no no. For sure. Oh, man. Well, Mark, thanks so much for sharing that with us today. I really appreciate it. I appreciate having me on. As much as I would love to fish every day, like most folks, I actually have a day job. This rod and podcaster is a patent attorney during the week. If you or someone you know needs help with any patent, copyright, or trademark matters, just drop me a line and I'd be happy to help. I have a sneaking suspicion we may even talk a little bit about fishing. This has been the Telltale Fisherman Podcast. Thanks for sharing another great tale with us. Be sure to check out the show notes page for more info on today's show and the gear we talked about. 
keep those lines tight, and we'll catch you next time right here on the Telltale Fisherman Podcast.